Welcome to Welcome Distractions. This is Mitchell Crawl talking. I'm here with Benson Anderson as always. And oh, yeah. With us today is uh, Alex Kaufman. The How coffee you machine. Big Daddy K. Kaufman Stadium. Cough bro. <laughs> How you doing, Cough? Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So, so when we originally, Benson and I were originally coming up with this idea, uh, we thought it would be fun to have a guest-hosted episode, um, and we thought Kaufman would be a good person. His name's Alex Kaufman, by the way. Uh, it's under his name in the podcasts. Yeah. So he actually he's our sponsor. Because you know I let you guys hijack my podcast. Yeah. Thing, so yeah, yeah, he's our sponsor. I'm gonna go ahead sure. and say you volunteered to do that. Kaufman, do you have any plugs before we get going? Um, yeah, watch ABC Six News at noon if you're in Columbus, Ohio, in that market. Uh, I'm the producer of that show every day, uh, Monday through Friday. Um, I also produce uh, First Scores on Fox 28, Friday nights at 1045. It's a high school football highlights show. And then uh, that's about all I really do. Who's like the number one? Because, you know, that's a full-time job. Yeah. Who's like the number one high school football team to watch in Columbus this year? Um, well, we've actually, our game of the week this week, because it's all rival, rivals and stuff, I think like Westerville North versus Westerville South. And then our big game of the week is Pickerington North versus uh, Pick Central. None of those places sound Duh, like I, places. Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland or die. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> All right, so Codman, you've you've uh, arranged for some some you're you're you've planned to lead this this program today. Is that true? Yes, and I brought with me several segments. Ooh, ooh. I don't think we've done a, like a really segment yet. Yeah, we've been always meaning to, but we're terrible at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna start with uh, where we all grew up in the Cleveland area, so we're all Cleveland Indians fans. So we're gonna—I'm gonna steal this from Deadspin. I don't think they'll mind. Uh, let's remember some guys, and specifically um, a couple of Cleveland Indians from uh, when we were growing up. Okay. The first guy I'm gonna give you guys is Travis Fry. Yeah, he was a good guy. I had his baseball card on my fridge. He came over from Detroit. I so believe. did you have this? Now, did you have the same card I had, Benson? Because I had a card that was telling you to not smoke and not chew tobacco. Um, <laughs> I don't amazing. think that was the one I had. but uh, It was a Travis Fryman baseball card. It was like a mini baseball card that said, don't smoke, don't chew tobacco that's on great. it somewhere. I, my biggest memory of Travis Fryman is I was at a game with uh, my grandparents. It was like my first Indians game that I remember going to. And uh, it was the Indians against the Yankees. And the Indians were losing like 7 nothing in like the 7th or 8th inning and came back to win it. Like, the bases were loaded, one out, and some schlub was coming up, and then they pinch hit Travis Fryman, who was just coming off the DL, and, like, the whole crowd freaked out. It's like, hooray, Travis Fryman. And he struck out on three pitches. So, <laughs> and then the next guy up was this terrible player, Bill Selby. He He's not memorable for anything other than the, this game that we were at. He had a walk-off grand slam off of Mariano Rivera off the foul pole in Progressive Field, then Jacob Stadium in like 2002. Yeah, and then Jacob's you, Field. You uh, you had me watch a replay of that on YouTube, and he did not get all that ball. No. <laughs> like a pop-up. And the crazy thing is like the pitch before, he had a liner down the right field line that was like two feet foul. And it was like, what? Like this awful player just like 
you know, lined this pitch off of Mariano Rivera, there's no way he can repeat this. So that is my Travis Fryman memory. My Travis Fryman memory is actually worse because I didn't start giving a shit about the Indians until like the Ronnie Belliard season, mm, like 2003 or four. I think yeah. was my first real we like. Right. I was following the Indians that year. I had um, the Plain Dealer printed out like player profiles of each mm-hmm. of their, uh, each like the starting lineup, and I had each one like in a different spot in my room. I was like uh, Aaron Boone. Johnny Peralta, Ronnie Belliard, Grady Sizemore, Victor Martinez. I think that was like 2004. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were the best Indians teams. Right, right. Do you have any Travis mm, Ryman memories? they weren't that good on the field, but they're the best in my yeah. heart. Do you have any Travis Ryman memories? So mine was, I think it's like my first oldest baseball memory was like it was the end of the 2002 season. And it was like his last game. And I get and like I think we like we all knew he was gonna retire, even though it was apparently only his age thirty three season. Because he sucked. and um, I just remember like I didn't know anything about baseball or the Indians. I really didn't like baseball very much, Still but I just don't. remember like seeing all the names that, of the players who were retired. And I remember distinctly asking my dad if Travis Fryman's number would be retired. And my dad was like, maybe, probably not. <laughs> That that's what I remember. Hey, he was he was an all star for the Indians and a gold glover for the huh. two thousand Indians. That's true. He was. Yeah. I don't remember it. I was six. Yeah. I was four. Yeah. I win. <laughs> all right, Travis Fryman. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next? Okay, so and I only have two of them. Yeah. So the other one is Matt Lawton. Matt Lawton. I have like very few memories. Yeah, of Matt another guy I had the baseball card. Former of. former Cleveland Indians all star. In 2004, Matt Lawton. Matt Lawton had this really hilarious baseball stance, like the batting stance, rather, where his like bat was mm-hmm. perpendicular to the ground, and he just stuck his ass out as far as possible. I remember that. Yeah, it was great. That's literally all. I think we traded him to the Pirates, maybe? Kaufman, where did we trade Matt Lawton to? We traded him to, looks like the Pirates, yes. And then at one point in his career, he was traded for another former Indians outfielder, Jody Garrett. Huh. Do you like when Jody Garrett? Yes, does they the were Facebook? traded for each other. I remember. Do you like when this. Jody Garrett does the Facebook uh, announcing? Have you watched that? Anyone what? watched that? Said to me, he does Facebook announcing. Um, well, I've. I mean, I watched it because the Indians were on a couple times. Um, right. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I didn't know Jody Garrett was doing well, that nowadays. Yeah. But so the Indians traded Matt Lawton to the Pittsburgh Pirates for Arthur Rhodes. Oh, the reliever. He was yeah. pretty good. He was like 40 for 10 consecutive seasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he was old. But then the Pirates, the following, like a year and a half, like, no, not even, like eight months later, traded him to the Cubs for Joey huh. Garrett. Former, also, another former Indian. Yeah. But the thing, like, I just have a one memory of Matt Lawton. I just remember him. He was uh, he was injured and he wasn't going to play the outfield anymore the rest of the season. But it was like toward the end of the year, I, he only played from 02 to 04 for the Indians, so you can narrow it down there. And I just remember like we all thought he was hurt and he pinch hit in like the bottom of the ninth, uh, and the Indians were losing. And I'm pretty sure he struck out to be the last out of the game. Yep, I believe it. That's what he came off the DL to do. I I also had a Matt Lawton baseball card. So oh, those are all, those are the only memories I have of both of these two players is <laughs> I had their baseball cards. Those are worth a combined five cents now. Oh, they're worth the cardboard that they're, they were printed on. That's about it. Oh, and back to the Jody Garrett thing, I'm fairly certain, and I'm not 100% certain on this, but I'm fairly certain that 
of Facebook Watch does specific announcers for each team that's playing. Because I remember it was Indians Twins, and it was Jody Garrett and Glenn Perkins. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is a really cool idea. Glenn Perkins? Wait, he's not still in the bullpen? Glenn Perkins? No. Yeah. He had every limb of his body got hurt at once. I was going to say, I yeah. think he probably ended his career just from injury. I know. Yeah. But he was there for He was. A he was good. Also, let me give you guys an over-under. Over-under two and a half for Arthur Rhodes' ERA in his one season with the Indians. Under. I'm going to go with over there, Kaf. 2.08 in 43 and a third I remember innings. Remember, he pitch. was good. He was good are, for the Indians. And he was like, he was, and he was 30. He was, that was his age 35. What was his fifth? His age, uh, his fifth was two. See, I, I, I am the moral victor here. Bullshit. <laughs> um, his age 40 season for the Reds. Uh-huh. He was named an all-star That's great. for the first time in his career. I love old people all-stars. You know, speaking of all-stars, you know what sucks is that Nick Markakis was an all-star this year. Why does that suck? No, it didn't. He no, deserved it. It sucks because he, going into this year, had the most career war without an all-star appearance or MVP vote. So he's basically the that DiCaprio feels like a Mike of Conley Jr. Type <laughs> DiCaprio's amazing. Yeah, but like you said, he's the best. Comparing he's Nick Markakis to DiCaprio, that's like saying like, I don't know, like Jack Black is the Babe Ruth of acting. Like, what the <laughs> hell, man? <laughs> you know what? I could see Jack Black playing Babe Ruth. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good yeah, call. Yeah, I could too. But not like a legit Babe Ruth, like in a terrible comedy. Yeah, pretend. Yeah, probably. It would be like some like it would be like like the remake of the Sandlot, but it's like a parody of the Sandlot. It's not. It's like the vampires suck of the. Sandlot. I could see that, or like of all sports movies. You went with parody movie, and you went with vampires suck first. <laughs> <laughs> nice, like like good catch. No, I mean like of all the of all the like dead on like super heavy-handed parody movies. You went with Vampire Suck over five scary movies, over Disaster Movie. Not another teen movie. Epic Movie. Epic Movie sucks. so bad. There was a time where, like, you know, every year for, like, five years, like, 30 of those movies yeah, came out. Disaster Movie. Meet the Spartans. Date Movie. I remember <laughs> the Spartans was God. bad. <laughs> Uh, superhero Movie with Drake Bell. Oh, that exists? Yeah. We should watch that. No, we should not. With Drake Bell? Yeah. Kaufman's in. Superhero movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'll watch. I'll watch. I'll, I'll support the bankrupt man. Kaufman career. will watch anything with Drake Bell in it. Any <laughs> former Disney Channel star. Hey, Drake and Josh was a good show. Don't Wait, you Wait, what's Josh doing lately, Kaufman? Um, he was doing some stuff on Nick. As far as I know, he's, I don't know. He's not. Yeah, remember anymore. when he got hot on Drake and Josh? Everyone's like, Josh is hot now. <laughs> <laughs> And like the writers were like, "Fuck!" <laughs> exactly right, because the first two seasons of the show were entirely fat jokes. That's not true. No, that's but, not giving but them credit. It, like, that that changed the dynamic a lot. It did. It did because they yes. then they gave Josh a girlfriend, Mindy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. What a great show. Now, so here's a weird one. Arthur Rhodes apparently one year, he, because this tells you everything how how baseball has changed in the last twenty mm-hmm. years. 1997, Arthur Rhodes finished tied for 20th in the MVP voting because he was a relief pitcher who won 10 games. When was this? I wasn't listening to the year. Sorry. 1997. Oh my God, AL MVP so voting. Old. And, and do you think? Do you think 
Like, what were his other numbers? His other, like, base level numbers? He had a 302 ERA. He threw 95 in the third innings. Uh, he had 102. But still, like, a 302 ERA, just because he won 10 games, he, he had 2.3 war. Yeah, that's a pretty good year for I mean, a reliever. That's the... Yeah, but not MVP level. No, I mean, that's like... But number 20 is not, like, significant. Yeah. Like... I, I actually think that's kind of progressive he of them. He got five in, points. In an, it's still at, something. Like, several people voted. They kind of walked ass backwards into being progressive there. Well, the other thing is that your Ken Griffey Jr. got was unanimously named the MVP, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that Roger Clemens posted three more wins above replacement than him and finished Are you really arguing for a... Uh a steroid user to win the MVP, Kaufman? That's very anti-you as far as I know. Yeah, retro, retrospectively, too. Yeah. In a vacuum, in a vacuum, yes, because, like, we back in 97, we didn't know who was juicing. Everyone was juicing. So you're saying he should have won the MVP award and then gotten yeah. it, or the Cy Young, so, rather, and then gotten it stripped. So you're not blaming him no, he for should have won the MVP. He should have won the MVP, and then that MVP should be an asterisk, and it should be thrown in the bin just like uh, his accusations that Brian McNamee uh, roided up his wife. Okay, I see. What, also see what you're trying to do here is rehashing the uh, pitcher's MVP argument that we've been having for the last, like, two months, and I'm not doing it. That's fine. Even though Moving you're on. wrong. So, last word. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. So, Jeremy Frank at MLB Random Stats posted two questions on twitter that i think are interesting about the about just baseball stats about who would you rather have you can pick any pitcher to add to your favorite team next year for free which would you choose based on this information player a 45 and we're going to do pitchers and then hitters player a 45 innings pitched a one era player b 108 innings pitched two era player c 153 innings pitched a three era and player D, 234 innings pitched and a 4 ERA. Okay. Um, I think there's two answers to this. There's B and there's D, depending on the role yes. that the pitcher plays. Exactly. Wait, B and D? Yeah, because, like... No, to me, it's B and C. Interesting. Well, so I think, like... Because I wouldn't want it, I wouldn't want a dude with a 4 ERA. Like, sure, he's pitching 234 innings for me, which is great, but I wouldn't want a 4 ERA guy if I could But he's it. probably a 4 ERA because he's seen a bunch of guys, like, fourth time through the order in each game. Yeah, I mean, the more innings you pitch, like, the more innings pitched and the higher the ERA usually have a direct relationship with one another. Right. I I went with I went with B personally because I felt like that was the right type of mix of, like, he's practically dominant on the mound, and he's also doing it for enough period of time where it really is significant. I, I, it's not like friggin' Oliver Perez throwing 30 innings with his Oliver Perez should be coming after yeah. Oliver Perez. He also got zero innings in the playoffs, which kind of pissed me off. Yeah, but, like, when is he going to pitch? I don't know. <laughs> after, like, where Trevor Bauer pitched in To be fair, three. the Astros yeah, decided, guess. you know what, we're going to pretend that these games are close for five, six innings, and then we're just going to hammer the living piss out um, of them. I think... Well, first of all, it should be noted that we're talking about the Indians who have, like, a fantastic starting rotation. I think 25 out of 30 teams pick player C. Um, I think the Indians probably pick player B. Like, I think our bullpen was terrible this year. Yeah. Yes, yes, so it was. I think that's a pretty clear-cut choice yeah. for me. I'd pick player B. I mean, I also want to know about his, like, strikeouts yeah. and fielding independent numbers. But 
Right, but like if that's all you're yeah. given. Yeah, I'd pick yeah, player B. probably. Um so what's interesting is that um forty three percent chose player C, actually. That was the number one choice. Forty percent chose player B. Ten percent chose player D, and then the forty five inning guy, seven percent chose Eric Gagne. Well, that that kind of makes sense because most teams need a starting starting pitcher. Like the Indians are in a rare position where they don't really need a starting pitcher. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that D is that significantly lower than C, and and B. Just because I think there's something to be said about the guy who has a, a like a literal 4.00 ERA and throws 250 innings yeah, in a season. Yeah, it gives you two, 250 average innings is very valuable. Yeah. yeah um, I'm, I'm with you there. So, but again, it's like, the, the yeah. question is if you could have one. I think that, I think B in today's, in today's major leagues is probably the most straightforward answer. Especially for the Indians. Yeah, especially for the Indians and that's who <laughs> we follow the, at least with the most depth. I think, I think if you're talking about the Yankees, they'd pick C. Probably. I think if you're talking about the Red Sox, they pick B, you're talking about the Astros. They don't pick any of them because their players are all better than players A through D. Um, I wonder if the Astros would even take like A. They probably would take A. Just the situational guy. Who I, does I, not I, I don't know a team. Yeah, wouldn't they, take as a long as like A's, A. Just well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna do something bad. I was gonna say as long as A uh, beats his wife. <laughs> no, boo! <laughs> God damn! I'm just anti Astros right now. Okay, that's fair. Moving on to hitters yep, now. So the same type of thing, um, except with plate appearances and OPS. So player A has a 1.250 OPS in 275 plate appearances. Player B has a 1,000 OPS in 350 plate appearances. Player C has an 850 OPS in 450 plate appearances. And player D has a 750 OPS in 700 plate appearances. I don't like this question. Like, why isn't player A batting more? I think because maybe you maybe because of service time and injuries, he only got to play in like sixty games. Or lefty or something. This is this is the one that's a bit more situational. Like I would take player A for September October into the yeah. playoffs. Um, I'd probably take player right. C for like the whole season, obviously. So, but that's what I chose um, to C. I think C, like most answers on multiple choice questions, is probably like going to be your most high ceiling. Like your low, your lowest risk, highest reward kind of choice here. Benson, did you just pick the letter you like in multiple choice questions? No, you you've you went to hockey. We all went to the same high school. They said if you have to guess, guess C. They did say that. <laughs> That's true. I definitely remember hearing that, and then I think I think I, I think that might have been for like the SAT. Yeah. It was definitely for Knowledge Master. What is that? Kaufman and I were nerds. We know you don't remember Knowledge Master. Master? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you probably weren't picked. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the worst kind of nerd in that, like, I'm a nerd, but I'm also not all that smart Aww. or studious. So it's like, what is my, where, where do I fit? Like, you're smart, but about all the things that no one tests you on. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Knowledge Master was this thing where it was on the smart board, and it was like a competition, and they just asked you, like, 200 multiple choice questions, and you sat around with all the fellow nerds and shouted out your answer, and then... Oh. It was yeah. it was like academic challenge, but like and then they'd make really bad jokes like, about like this. They'd make really bad jokes like with 
talk in them, A-U-K, yeah. for some reason. Yeah, they did. They made really bad jokes, weird. but that's not really essential to the explanation of what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's essential to the Knowledge Master. Yeah. Because anyone <laughs> who, who thinks they did the Knowledge Master will know they did the Knowledge Master based on the letters A-U-K. Yeah, because the Auk is a kind of bird, so, and that was like their mascot. Their yeah. mascot, randomly. Yep. yep. All right, what's so your next weird. segment there, Kyle? You guys, did you guys ever do the uh, like mock stock market stuff? Uh, in seventh grade, Kim Brandt had us do a mock stock market one, and I occasionally check my stock that I invested in. And if I actually invested in it when I said I was going to invest in it, I'd be like, have tripled my money right now. Like I am actively upset with myself. <laughs> Damn, seventh, seventh grade, grade Mitch, you I didn't know. use his allowance properly. I know. <laughs> Should have been investing. I remember doing that. I just was curious. Um. But yeah, so I picked. See, what what would you pick, Mitchell? Back to this uh, hitters. Uh, I don't thing. know. I'm not a huge fan of this question because, like, yeah, it just depends on so many things. Like, I don't. I, yeah, like I said, if player A exists, something's wrong with him because he's not getting that many at bats, right? Or maybe it's like Reese Hoskins who got called up for like six weeks. Yeah, Reese Hoskins probably got more plate appearances than that. I don't know. I I think if hmm, yeah, for the Indians, I guess I'd it, it, yeah, it depends on timing. It really does cuz like we couldn't hit in the playoffs. Reese Hoskins only had 212 plate appearances in his How many? Year. 412? 212. 212. And he hit like 212. And what was his OPS? 1014. So he was actually like lower so he was a, he was almost more player B in terms of output and player yeah. A. Well, the so, thing was he just I mean, did all, and Reese Hoskins was worth two. Yeah, he he just hit year. all his homers. That That's that was, like all of his powers were homers. Reese Hoskins, the thing yeah. about Reese Hoskins that I find interesting is his WAR numbers don't really say how good of a player he is because the Phillies are completely misusing him. Like he is very, very, very obviously not an outfielder. And they put, yeah, he was worth he was worth three point four offensive WAR according to Baseball Reference mm-hmm. last season, negative three point six defensive WAR in left yeah. field. I I completely. They've put they've put how many terrible players in left field? He's not that are fine. Yeah, he's not an outfielder. That's very obvious at this point. He's not even an above average first baseman. That'd be like if the Indians no, played like Yonder Alonso in left field. It'd be ridiculous. But Yonder Alonso is a pretty good defensive Probably. first baseman as far as they go. Yonder Alonso sucks in, in every regard. Well, I know you hate him. <laughs> he sucks. In actuality, in case he's you're a... curious, 36% went for player B and player C tied, <laughs> which is interesting. And then player A got 17%, and player D, the slightly below average, like full season, always healthy player, 11%. How many plate appearances did player D get? 700. Oh. Interesting. See, because that's that's to a point where so he was like, essentially he's like your seven hitter every day, which every team could use. Yeah, a dude like Player D. Every team could use just like knowing that he's healthy, at least at a premium, like defensive position if he can play pretty good defense. But... Question for you: What was Jason Kipnis's OPS this year? Uh, it was a positive number. I know barely. Yeah, obviously all OPS are um, positive. You mean OPS? You mean his war? Oh yeah, OPS plus I meant, but uh, his OPS was seven was seven oh four. His OPS plus was eighty nine. Yeah. He got six hundred one. I was just OPSs. curious. Yeah, I know his WRC plus was like around ninety. Um, 
Yeah, I was just curious because wow. I was... He got 601 plate appearances. Yeah. We're talking about a guy who had 700. Yeah. Kipnis yeah. played so much. Yeah. He played in 147 games. You'd literally be like a 162-game leadoff, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Because I think Francisco Lindor came close to uh, the league lead in... Um, can Kip, in can Kip or Jason Giambi next year? Seriously. Like... Yandi is a better player than him in every way. Yandi should be playing third. Yeah. Lindor at short. Ramirez at second. You know, whoever, whatever junk player Lindor we have at first. Lindor did the baseball and plate appearances. He had 745. What'd you say? Francisco Lindor led the league in plate appearances with 745. That's exactly what you'd hope if you're an Indians fan. Yeah, that's how you put up 7.9 wins above replacement. Yeah, and be good. Yeah, that's the thing. We're looking, and he had an eight seventy one OPS. So we're looking at this as a, as a, as like a below average player, essentially doing what Lindor did. Right. But all right, Inter- interesting conversation, so which almost gets stuff. to the detriment. Like if a if if a play, I like your point about defense. Like if this was a lockdown center fielder, and. These are his offensive numbers. I think you probably take that. Right. If it's a first baseman. If like, it's... what if it's what if it's Billy Hamilton who can't hit for any power, but he suddenly learns how to hit for average, walks, steals a bunch of bases, and plays really good defense in center field? That's the most valuable player in baseball. Yeah, I'm buying that. I, I'd buy all in on Billy Hamilton there. Yeah. There are a few players I'd take before a Billy Hamilton who gets on base at an average clip. There are a few. A Trout. Yeah. If only for, like, a impact l- on the game. Right. A Trout, a Lindor... A, you know, a, a Mookie. That's pretty much it. But that's all hypothetical because yeah, Billy Hamilton still cannot get on first base. Yeah, it's sad. There's a um, Travis Sawchick, formerly of Fangraphs, now of Five Thirty Eight, uh, Cleveland-based baseball writer. He's great. He uh, wasn't he at the Athletic for a hot yeah. Start? So he he was part time at Fangraphs and the Athletic, and then Five Thirty Eight offered him a full time job, okay. so he quit both those. Anyway. He has this theory that I think makes a lot of sense, which is Billy Hamilton should start on the bench for every game and then hinge run for, like, the worst player that gets on base first. So, like, any bad player that gets on base, he should immediately pinch run for them and, like, guaranteeing he will get on base at least once a game. Because... Yeah, that would I think work. it makes a lot of sense. Then you can, like, eliminate some of his terribleness at the plate. At least one plate appearance of it. Yeah. But, like, say, I don't know, like, you do it in, like, the fifth inning. You eliminate, like, two plate appearances, maybe, and you guarantee that he's getting on base once, and then you let him, like, impact half the game in the field. It makes a lot of sense. It does as, like, a a short-term solution, but for the Reds, I think you want Billy Hamilton to turn into a good hitter. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking, like, he should be on the Indians. The Indians should trade for him. So getting him more plate appearances (laughs) is to their benefit because they're not any good. Yeah. And if he learns how to hit or get on base at a better clip, then that's of benefit to the Reds. The Indians should get Billy Hamilton and have him play in the seventh inning in center field, replace Michael Brantley every game. Although Michael Brantley's not an Indian anymore, so never mind. That's what they should have done. He may be re-signed. You don't know. I like Michael Brantley, even though he's a trash outfielder. That keeps him healthy, though. Yeah, being a trash outfielder. Yeah, I really honestly think if we re-sign Michael Brantley, there's DH in his future. Like, once Edwin comes off the books, I think Brantley's our DH if he gets re-signed. Which is not a bad investment to make then. No. It would have to be a, long, it'd have to be a longer contract. I mean, 
I would argue that he is best suited as a DH at this very moment. I think his market. Yeah, the problem is how, problem is we had, we lost how many outfielders last season? The Indians lost. I mean, you just you just name them all. But like they lost like six outfielders last year. Yeah, that's... market's putting him at like four over seventy six. I think four years, seventy six million. Mm-hmm. Really? That's insane. Wow. For a player of his consistency, I, what, what, where I'd did you see that? Fifteen million um, for one year. I'm not That's entirely like sure. It. I would not like to like. I would give him more. Yeah, than that. W- w- but only because he's been hurt the last two years. If if you know you were going to get what he gave you this year, I um it might have been something like a Paul Hoynes article. I don't know. I'm not sure who he said. Yeah, Paul Hoynes. He wasn't that good. He wasn't. He was good. He was this good, year like and consistent, but he wasn't that. Good. No, he was an above average player this year, and, and that's as a bad defender. He was. Uh, he was worth 3.6 wins above yeah. replacement. He was the he was Indians' good. third best player. It's from Spot Track. Okay. Um, his calculated market value is $19.2 million annually. Wow. Well, I wonder how they calculate that. It might just be like not considering uh, injuries. That is him being the fifth ranked left fielder. Interesting. Yeah, let's see. Also, here's the proof that the Indians' bullpen sucked last year. The Indians were seven games worse than their Pythagorean average based on the amount of runs they scored and the amount of runs yeah, they Yeah, I won. buy that. Um, if you care yeah. about the better war, he was worth 3.5 F4, and he had a WRC plus of 124. So, Brantley was the Indians' best, third best He was the hit. Indians' third best um, position player last year, and that's as a bad defender. Yeah. Do you know who, do you know who was fourth? Jan Gomes? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Good Jan call. was good all season. Jan, Jan was very, really good. Very quietly. I was, very good. I was very happy with that. And he, hit, he, he, he was an average hitter who struck out far too much and didn't walk enough, but that's fine because he catches. I was going to say, if you have to have well. a catcher out there, yeah. I'd I mean, take the average one over 28 of the starting catchers in Major League Baseball. Yeah, probably. and the thing, the thing is, is. Um, yeah. You know, his his contract was starting to look a little iffy, and now his contract's looking fantastic. Like, I love I love the fact that we have a, you know, above-average hitting or average hitting with plus pop and a great defender at catcher locked up for the next several years. I love that. And and, and, and it allowed us to trade our best prospect, um, you know, to, to shore up our bullpen a little bit, which is great. Yeah, for some long-term bullpen help. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is good. And I think there's an argument to be made that catching prospects are iffy. Yeah. Catching and first base prospects. I do not want either of them. I want the Indians to trade all of their catching and first base prospects. <laughs> Just play with eight <laughs> players on the field. <laughs> all right, Big Daddy K, what's your next segment for us? What yeah. Got? Okay, so, yeah, enough on sports. Um, I just have one random – I want to get your thoughts on one thing, and then we'll go into uh, another another segment there. Um so, the world's longest passenger flight was just um, brought back after after being gone for five years. It flies people from Singapore to Newark Liberty International mm-hmm. Airport. It takes about 19 yeah. hours straight. Yeah, I buy that. Could you do that? Could you, like, would you? Nope. I... Don't think I would enjoy. It. I I think I'd need a little um, supplement, if you know what I mean. I don't sleep on planes. Although I don't. I don't either. 
I, I don't mind the fact that it's like a, that it is like a, I, I do like the idea of a direct flight because otherwise you're spending a day somewhere to try and get to somewhere like Singapore. Yeah, but like sometimes a, a layover, if it's a long enough, is kind of nice. Like the whole Iceland air thing, you know, where you're like they have cheap flights, but you know, they want you to lay over there for a day and check out Iceland. Um, Iceland's amazing, so you should spend. That's where you should just go for your vacation anyway. Mm, I don't know if they are offering super cheap flights to like London or wherever. You could spend a day in Iceland, and that's true. I went to Iceland for a week. Oh yeah, yeah. Fresh was my yes. freshman year in college. We went with the choir. Oh, cool. It was. My, we have stories from that trip that we will not yeah, share spring, on this podcast. Spring break in thirty-two degrees and rain in Iceland. That's fun. Great spring break, twenty fifteen. I actually shockingly enjoyed that trip like i have more fond memories now that time has passed of certain things on the trip certain things i still am scarred by but <laughs> that's a that's a very vague a story there yeah Calm, i think you're kind of overstating yeah the entirety of that trip but um iceland's cool um yeah i think a layover is much better i would rather i'd rather spend three hours in an airport than and have like an eight an eight hour and a 11 hour flight say <laughs> than a 19 hour straight. I think I could do it with at that drinking. point but like if I if I got drunk So I have on the a plane, hypothetical I then. Think I could do it or like like got the you drinking would, out of the way, got the hangover out of the way say, and then you landed. would drink, get hung over and then be sober again still in this compressed air yeah. tube or or use a few edibles flying through the sky. <laughs> I would I would enjoy edibles in that too. That would be kind of fun. I, but I don't think so I could do it without any with sort of With the layover thing, though, so last week I was in D.C., and we ended up flying the way that we did. We flew, we were able to fly direct there. But then another option would have been, like, to fly, and I think we would have ended up having to stop in, like, in uh, either Atlanta or New York City or Chicago to then go to D.C. Like, would you, like, obviously, like, like in, th- in that case, you'd rather take a direct flight, right? Like, for a short flight Are you like asking that? whether or not I'd rather have a direct inter in the United States flight? Sorry, a not sorry, a non-stop. Yeah, of course. Flight, like a of, non-stop of domestic. Course. So domestic flights are different than international flights to you guys then of, with that? Yeah. I mean, I I think I'd rather have a direct flight no matter what. I don't think I'm with Benson on this one. And this is the guy who took a I'd flight rather, from Cleveland to Detroit to Amsterdam to Athens once. And that was no fun. I kind of like airports. That sounds terrible. See, I would rather and I'd want a non-stop flight anytime I can get it even this 19-hour thing. Partly because so this plane has no economy seating in it. It's either premium economy with like little beds in there or business class with larger beds in there. And so the way that it works is if you're in this like if you're in like essentially the worst class there, you still get a mini a miniature small like a smaller bed and you get three meals served to you at specific times. Cop, I have a question for you. Do you have the uh do you yeah. have the like booking thing open right now? Excuse me. I, I have I have an article I, can, open do you, about does it. Does it have prices? Um, um, it does okay. not have prices. I wonder how much this costs. This is just someone who like was on the first flight um, from Seattle. What, what do you think this costs? Fifteen hundred dollars, round trip or one? Several way? thousand, I'm sure. I'm sure it's more than probably that. one way. One way, fifteen. I mean, I'm, well, I'm sure there's also. Um, I'm sure there's. I'm, I'm sure there's like it's cheaper once you like actually get it going. Like I'm sure it was more expensive to be on the first few flights. Maybe my guess would be twenty five hundred dollars though for a business for class way. seat. Yeah, 
I was saying 1500 is like the least you could possibly spend on this plane ticket. Hmm. Yeah, because that's what we're used to purchasing. Like, how little can I spend? I do not care about comfort. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm flying Spirit Airlines to Singapore. Hell baby. yeah. <laughs> Frontier, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the plastic little tyke seats to Singapore. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm trying to fly to but LA so like pretty I was... soon. Which, shout out to one of our listeners. One of our two listeners. Listen, we have more than two. One, one, of, one of your two listeners. Yeah, one of my two listeners that I know of. Selfish. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about you. It's all about you, Mitch. <laughs> all right, right, what's next, Cop? Yeah, Cop. about the plane to Singapore. Yeah, which I will not be yeah, flying on. But I, would, I would do it. I would consider it depending on the price, but I think it's so interesting. Like, um... It's just it's it's so interesting. Like in business class, they had two. I think there were two meals instead of three, but you got to have them at any time that you wanted, and they were like nicer meals. But I mean, it's it's interesting. It looks like nice food. Um, so yeah. if I'm getting you, if it's I'm just, getting you correctly, you're saying that you want to just go on this plane flight. <laughs> like you don't even want to go to Singapore. <laughs> I'm saying like if I had to go to Singapore, I would consider this flight. That is like the only way I would ever get on this flight. But you're like, no, I just kind of want to do this. I think, hour, yeah, nineteen hour flight. I think they should. I think people. I think there are more people out there who'd want to do it too. Like, I think they should do a around the world flight that they sell, like commercially. I think people would do it. I think that would make money. So they're starting. They're going to be adding some um, New Zealand and Australia options directly to. New York so City. So you fly, oh, okay. Which that I would totally do. It would take about 20 hours, but I would totally do that one in a heartbeat because I would love to get it to like a nonstop flight to Australia to yeah. me would be awesome because like I'd like to go to Australia. You know, it's point. an underrated airport, the Newark airport. I've heard that might, I've heard, I've heard good and bad I things. I love about Newark. That. It's a great place. Actually, Newark so itself in... is terrible, but the airport's the best part. You know what's a cool airport? Orlando. Never been. A lot of tunnels. Ah, a lot of tunnels in Orlando. I like the Detroit airport for the same reason. Las Vegas has a good airport. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas has a good airport. Slot machines right oh, there. Oh, fun. Um, and then I was at Reagan. Yeah. Airport. You did Reagan and over Dulles? No, not a fan at all. Dulles. Uh, I haven't been to Dulles, but like that's where we flew mm-hmm. like last week in DC, and not a fan gotcha. of Reagan Airport. Yeah, I buy that. Actually, with airports, are you guys more fans of the airport where you go through security and then you can go split off in any direction to any of the terminals, or or the type where you're stuck in your terminal once you go through the security? The first one, because you have the options to go to all of the fast food places. Yes, that's my argument most of okay, the time. My... However, if I know, like, if I know I'm just going straight boom boom or something like that, or like I'm in, a, or like I'm in layover or something, then I just want to have like a quick walk to where I need straight to go. Boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad our our airport loving listeners have gotten to hear this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Welcome distractions. Yeah, we're talking about movies, music, sports, and well, airports. Airports. <laughs> But wait, I've got one more thing with you. So my girlfriend and I, who I went to D.C. with, we had this argument about the plane that we actually physically were on, both flights. So it was such a small plane. So it was the seat configuration was two seats on one side, one seat on the other yeah. side. And? And she 
hated it. She was like, this is such a small, embarrassingly awful plane. What? And I'm like, this is my dream kind of plane. You get a, a, your own seat. That's great. The thing is, like, like I, like I, and like when I've I've flown on that type of plane myself before, and it was great. I got the window and the aisle You've at the same flown time. On it yourself? You were the only person there. Uh, <laughs> no, I would like I wasn't with anyone. Like I like because I was with her. We had a road. Oh, together. I was genuinely confused. But like, if I if I was flying to and from DC myself, I would have gotten the seat on the opposite side that was by okay. itself. Yeah, you do get the window and the aisle. That is a good point. And it's also mainly for, like, short flights. I mean, we were in the air for, like, an hour to and from D.C. Like, that's not bad. Mm -hmm. All right, what's next, Goff? I think that, I think, uh... That's enough airport talk for the next six months. Yeah, given that I'm bored of this conversation, I'm pretty sure we have no more listeners. (laughs) (laughs) I just have one one story to share with you. (laughs) Um, No, no, from my vacation. This is after okay, the airport, after we land. Now. We're post- oh, wait. Airport. Is this the hotel story that you hyped? Okay. Oh. Yes. Oh, boy. Cough. So I'm just warning you right now. If there's no we... payoff to the story, embellish one. You saw a celebrity. You accidentally got really high. Something. So we get and we take this and we take the van shuttle from the hotel they pick us up at the airport and we get there and there's one person at the front desk and there's like and we end up getting in line and having to wait and there are like six people behind us and these are the weirdest people the guy who's at the front though checking in with the one person at the desk who also has to answer the phone and things is actually like we walk into the lobby and it's this dude who is lying on a on like a couch in the lobby like looking like he is dead on there like his like his shirt is like halfway up his stomach like a button-down shirt not tucked in at all and the guy is like is like barely holding on to his cane oh. and he's trying so he's to a check really in old and guy. i don't know if this guy he wasn't he didn't look that old he, he looked kind of old was he yes that kind of but like it wasn't like like but like he was like la- he was like laying on there and it looked like he was dead because he was still? so then, like they're trying to help him to get him checked in. So he, so this person is trying to get him checked in, so like the rest of the line, all these other people can get checked in. And the guy doesn't seem to understand that he needs to give his ID and his credit card, and that he needs to sign the bill for the hotel room mm-hmm. that he's getting. And like he's having such trouble walking to get up to the desk and stuff, and he's in such pain. And then the way that our hotel was, it's like you had to walk outside to like to your room. And he's like, I get a room in this building, right? And they're like, and the person's like, no, there are no rooms in this building. So this guy's all confused. Then he, then he finally does get checked in. He gets all of his stuff together and he has a laptop case that he puts on and he's like slowly starting to walk mm-hmm. out of there. And he doesn't have a laptop in the laptop case. All he has in the laptop case in the big pocket is a pizza box. Hmm. A pizza box and a laptop case. Was it just the it box, just or was bizarre. there a pizza? Like yeah, was there pizza? Yeah. I don't know what was in. I don't know if there was anything. So he in didn't the laptop, give you any pizza in, in, the lap, in the pizza box or not. So I, but it was, and then we went. We finally got checked in. Went to our room, and I, and like we walked back to the lobby to go take a, the shuttle somewhere else from the hotel. And there's a dude in the lobby who has who's like sitting on one of the chairs there with his suitcase wide open and all of his clothes on the floor. Hmm. That's weird. It was the weirdest effing like first night at a hotel. Oh yeah. And then our room had a cockroach in it. And then your girlfriend pants to you, right? And it was real embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) 
it only went uphill from there. But it was just bizarre. Like, why are you putting a pizza box in your laptop case? Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe there was a pizza in know. it. But why would you put a pizza box in a laptop case and then put it over your shoulder? That would like this, the pizza would all go like gravity because it's. I on get its it, side. but this man had a cane. Like, like the, maybe that was the only way he could possibly carry the pizza box. Why didn't he just finish the pizza? Because he was full. Yeah, for someone who's really analytic, Alex, this is a this is a low point for you in your <laughs> in your uh, open mindedness about why this man might have a pizza box. Maybe he was diabetic. And he needed to have food on him at all times. I think maybe we're going a little bit further than that. But I think just the fact that hey, you don't want to carry a pizza with two hands. Yeah. Because I'm, you need a hand free, maybe. And you have this laptop case that the pizza box fits in. But the thing is, then he didn't. Then, then it means that he didn't have a laptop. Maybe he did. Maybe he. Maybe the Which laptop was in his suitcase. Plan to have the pizza box in the laptop case. All Look, I'm liking this diabetes idea because he also had a cane. He was also passed out on the couch. I think this man's <laughs> diabetic. I think you're making well, fun of a I, diabetic I, man never, right now. We Cop. never saw him again after that. So What's who up? knows? I'm just saying we never saw him again. So I don't know what happened to this man. He could be dead. Yeah, for all probably. It was the pizza. Yeah, <laughs> you just saw like a like a crazy so, like crime drug deal go down. Yeah, with the pizza box and the laptop. Definitely case. what happened. Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, the next stuff that I the next story I have these are more like headlines from uh, the week. So there is going to be a cover album of the Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. And it's going to feature Kesha, Kelly Clarkson, Panic at the Disco, Sarah Bareilles, Missy Elliott, Pink, Pink's Kid. Who's Pink's more. Kid? Jake Paul. Uh, I don't know. What? I was being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, but is Pink's Kid but a notable person? Is my question. Uh, the fact that she's Pink's Kid okay. is—that's what's notable—is okay. like duetting with her. Apparently, did you see Greatest Showman, Benson? I did. I did not. Um, my girlfriend is obsessed with it, and I like I don't want to see it because I just like I know enough of the songwriters, uh, Pask and Paul. I know enough of their work to know that I'm probably gonna like a song in there, and the rest of it I'm gonna be like, oh my god, I hate Hugh Jackman. The, the problem with The Greatest Showman is not the music; it's literally everything else. Oh yeah, like it's more of a like a cabaret than like a movie showing like the story is does not earn any of its beats um but the music is good i mean the the music is good and the numbers are good um that's just a movie that doesn't have a plot like it does there's there are there are things that transpire in the movie but none of them are set up yeah there's no payoff it's just like it's it's over in an instant there's zero intrigue music's fine, so a cover album is fine with me because the music's the only redeeming part of it. Hmm. Now I have a question for you. Okay. Hugh Jackman played P.T. Barnum, right, in this movie? Yeah. Who who played Bailey? Was Bailey in the movie? No. That's... Okay. Then then I have no further questions, (laughs) Your Honor. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that was Zac Efron's character's name. I know Zac Efron's character was made up. Well, like Barnum and Bailey is like a circus. Well, like, like that's the famous circus, right? That's yes. So I, but the thing is, is this before Barnum found Bailey? What's the point of Barnum without Bailey? This movie is not about P.T. Barnum. Like it's as not? as a human being, no way. 
This is just a movie about a guy, and they wanted to save the circus, so they made it about P.T. Barnum, who, like, doesn't actually, like, he... Yeah, supposedly P.T. Barnum was, like, a dick. The worst person in the world. So just, like, treat this as a fiction movie. And even in that, it's not exciting. But they didn't decide, if they wanted to make it a fiction movie, it could have been way more exciting. But they wanted to make it, like, a bit about P.T. Barnum's life. No bueno. Didn't work. It's about starting the circus, and he spends half the movie like hi- being a hype man for Rebecca Ferguson's character. I like Rebecca Ferguson. And I, I like Rebecca Hugh Ferguson too. I like. I mean, and I think Hugh Jackman does a pretty good job. But if you're trying to make a movie about like the circus and how it starts, a lot of this movie is him being like the agent, the man, like the band manager for Rebecca Ferguson's like opera star, huh. who doesn't sing any opera songs. So weird. That's weird. Sounds like a bad movie. So the uh, so. So my thing, my other thing with like not seeing The Greatest Showman is that I refuse to see any movie musicals with Zac Efron because the first movie musical that he ever did, the one that he became famous for, he didn't even do his own singing in half okay. of it. Yeah. He, he's not a good did singer. Did that keep you from seeing High School Musical 2 or 3? I have. I don't think I've actually ever seen the third one. The second one I was too... I never, like, this, this opinion... I don't think I realized that Zac Efron hadn't done his own singing until I watched the second film. But like, I feel like, I feel like you, and he I feel different. like you went in the reverse order that one normally goes on in Zac Efron because you enjoyed High School Musical and now you found out that he doesn't do his own singing and now you refuse no, to I watch. Still he, think find High School he found out that he doesn't deserves to be in like on like an AFI what? list. What? <laughs> The AFI, you know, the American Film Institute, the AFI list, like they have the hundred greatest, okay, sure, whatever. Yes, but whatever. what about it? Put High School Musical on one of those lists. Oh my god! So <laughs> when when Zac Efron was fourteen years old, yes, is that how old he was when High School Musical came out? High School Musical came out in two thousand six, and he's thirty. So my, my math is bad. He was eighteen. Damn! I yes. didn't realize it was that old. He was they, twelve years old. They. Just wanted somebody who yeah, had like a more treble toned voice, and they had this guy Drew something or other sing like half of his stuff. That happens all the time in movies, though. Yeah, like, and you, like you know that right out, like right Alex, like in most animated musicals, they have a different person singing the voice than speaking it. Right, and right, and but the thing is, it's different. I think one, I think it's different when it's an animated movie, and two, that's why I think like another Pascal Paul thing, La La Land was so interesting because they did sing all their movies, all their music, like, as and a lot of people didn't like that. As they did in the Les Mis the, movie. The fact I think those are the more interesting ones as opposed to all of the Disney Channel movie musicals where it's very clear we're done with dialogue and now we're lip-syncing the stuff we recorded six weeks ago in the studio. Um, I think that having non-singers like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone sing La La Land was to the detriment of the music. Um, I liked the music. Also, also, Pasek and Paul only wrote the lyrics. So, who? Pasek and Paul only wrote the lyrics. Pascal I don't know Paul. who that is. They're the composers They're the for Greatest Showman for and then Jared Hansen huh. as well on Broadway. They only wrote the lyrics for La La Land, so I'm going to call that a moot point. Yes. City of Stars. Na, na, na. I yeah, like that. Like, That's so catchy. Like any any singer could easily just coast through all those songs. Yeah, that's fair. There is zero challenge in any of those vocally especially for gosling hey it's a challenge for me emma stone just sounded like she was challenged because she has the vocal range of a turtle so like they (laughs) this has been the first time in humanity's history that emma stone has been compared to a turtle no it is not i'm just saying like in terms of people do that people talk 
call Emma Stone a turtle? I was more referring to like people not loving Emma Stone. Yeah, but I'm talking specifically about her being a turtle. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Okay, she has the vocal range of a turtle because I love Emma Stone and I love turtles. Other resemblance to turtles, her vocal range is that of a turtle. You can tell from the first note she sings. It's like, wow, you're really trying to make some sound here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, your Zac Efron take is poor, I think, uh, because his vocals have come a long way, and he's. Without a doubt, the best part of Greatest Showman. Okay, he was bad in Hairspray. He was not bad in Hairspray. Hairspray was... Yeah. yeah he... No, he wasn't. That is like, you are on your own hill there. <laughs> I, no, I'm going to... Then I will die He was on so good own. in Hairspray that they like, wrote like, a song jacket? for like... him to sing. Speechless. No, he was not good in Hairspray. Zac Efron's somehow become like a quality actor. Like I, I enjoy him in Neighbors. Acting is a different thing. I my issue is only with his singing here. Like I'll see, like I, like I haven't seen Neighbors, but like I'll watch that movie it's because it's not a friggin' movie musical. What about exactly. Seventeen Again? Movie. I think I've probably seen Seventeen Again at some point on cable. I've seen Seventeen Again, unfortunately. Zac Efron's good, and that guy is chiseled. Man, do I wish I looked like that. Yes, I do not have nearly the willpower, but. It'd be pretty sweet. No way. Then again, if I had a lot of money thrown at me and like the people around me to help me get to that physique, I probably it would You'd probably, probably do help. plastic surgery. I think you should put yourself in Zac Efron's shoes, being eighteen years old and saying like, "Hey, your voice isn't that good. We're gonna have somebody else sing it for you." And then Zac Efron goes and works his butt off to not have that happen again in yeah. like four more movie musicals that he's been a part of since then. Zach, you're immensely talented and handsome, but you're not immensely uh, talented enough. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think you should cut him some slack. Maybe. Yeah, he's a very talented guy. Very handsome. What do you think, Benson? Do I think Zac Efron's handsome? That's right. Yeah, very handsome. I'm a, I like Zac Efron. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you, Alex, that I didn't love Zac Efron in, like, 2008. But he's 30 years old now. Like, he's an adult. You can analyze him as such. Right. And, and there, and, and there, now, are, there oh. are musical artists like, like, like Hugh Jackman. I think Hugh Jackman's voice sounds very good with pitch correction software. <laughs> I think he sucks in Les Mis. His voice sounds I really good. I can't stand Hugh Jackman's voice. Like, like, as much as I think, as I praise the Les Mis movie, Hugh Jackman sucks Russell Crowe. I'm sorry. So you praise the Les Mis movie, but you don't like Hairspray. Correct. And I stand by that. And I also, and I'll also. Now, did they do their own singing in A Star Is Born? Uh, I believe they did. Yes. I mean, like, Lady like, Gaga obviously like did, live? and Bradley Cooper did as well. So yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, like like that to me is seems very. Star Is Born is the shit. That by the way, good. I liked it a lot. But it's it's dubbed. I haven't seen. It. Like, I want to see. The it. music is dubbed. Oh, in the for Star sure. Is Born. For sure. So I don't see how that interests you any more than anything else, Alex. If the music is dubbed and a star is born, the only the only movie musical that I can think of that has like live vocals in it is Les Mis. Live vocals I put in quotations because it's totally pitch corrected. So, I mean, they, there's some there's some others. There's um, I think they might have I think they might have tr- they might have done some stuff live in the last five years movie. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I didn't see it. I. I it's I think it the, Anna Kendrick the is terrible is, though. Um, it's a weird thing to say about Lame Is, but I think the Lame Is uh, set must have been a pretty funny one to be on. Like hearing Russell Crowe sing and and Hugh Jackman sing without the pitch correction, just like hearing how terrible it was. Yeah, 
and everyone having to take it super seriously. I can only imagine what that what that uh, confrontation song sounded like before everything was pitch corrected because it was Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe together. And then however they mixed it, they mixed that song terribly because that was at one point one of my favorite songs in the show and then it ended up terrible. Yeah, I think, I mean, going back to my first point, I think Jackman has a very nice, like, studio voice. Um, I think he sounds very good in the Greatest Showman soundtrack. I think they do a very good job mixing his vocals. Um, I think he has a nice timbre to his voice. I can't, I can't attest to like how he sounds live because he doesn't sing live, like he doesn't sing live that much. He's not on stage that much as a singer, so we don't have like we yeah. don't have live raw audio to go back and be like, oh, we can we can analyze how bad Hugh Jackman is or how good Hugh Jackman is, which is the same thing with Zac Efron. Zac Efron is also someone who just like has a nice voice that's easy to mix or sounds good when it's mixed by a good audio engineer, and like maybe that's all you need to be. I get. I don't know. Maybe I. I guess I look at like, to me, I look at movie musicals as like. Usually, they 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 can end up as inferior to the stage version, except of a show. Like, I'll, I'll stand. I'll, st- I'll I will die on the hill that the Jersey Boys musical is better than the Jersey Boys movie. Oh, but no, no one disagrees with you. Yeah, no one's on the other hill. Then. Yeah, that movie sucks. <laughs> no one's on the other hill. My dad forced me to watch all two and a half bad. hours of it like, recently, and it was dreadful. I had to like clothespin my eyes open. Um, I liked uh, what's his name as uh, Gyp DiCarlo. He was pretty. Good. No, don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it's uh, oh god, Chris what's Walken. His name? Um, the only famous yes. person in that movie, Christopher Walken, <laughs> Alex Kaufman. Yes, <laughs> you're very good at movie musicals. You know but you have good, bad but like, takes on <laughs> them. You know who's very good in the movie Hairspray is John Travolta. <laughs> yes, he actually is good. Alex, you are just literally on the wrong side of every take. John Travolta is the worst part of that Hairspray movie. I don't know what you're talking about. I liked about. it. I, I liked I liked like, Your ability to die on the wrong Maybe hill it's been a couple for the years last 20 I've minutes has been... Okay, give me another movie musical that I've seen, and I'll give you my take, and I'll Chicago. see what hills I keep dying on. Chicago, the movie. Haven't seen what? the movie. That's a great movie. Also, lots of non-singers. It's a great movie, and it's a great show. I've seen it on Broadway twice, and I've seen the movie I, several times. I don't times. want to see Chicago on Broadway ever, because like, if they're going to put Eddie George in it on Broadway... I mean, come on now. That is, you, your you, your reasons for enjoying and not enjoying things are, are like so random. I think a lot of a lot of these like weird castings on Broadway have been generally successful. I mean, I wouldn't know, but yeah, I mean, I I would trust them. They're freaking Broadway. Okay, they they freaking put. Okay, then go look up. There was a musical that ran for like two weeks on Broadway that just closed a few weeks ago called Getting the Band Back Together. And before they went to Broadway, like in that transfer, they added Mary Lou Henner, and she is horrendous. Okay, well, it's I mean, it, it's one thing to have a play that just bombed after two weeks, and it's another thing for it to be Chicago, like the present-day longest-running musical on Broadway. So, Second. What? Longest. Is it? What's longer? Second yeah. longest. Is Phantom still Phantom. running? I didn't yes. know that. Um, yeah. Cats? Phantom will literally run forever. <laughs> Cats is revived. Cats, Cats the original ran for Cats a long time. Cats is but th- trash. Actually, that was a... They they brought that back with... um, What's her name? Um, I can't think now. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's it's Leona Lewis. Uh, really? They put Leona Lewis in the. Re- they put Leona Lewis in it. Do you think Broadway. it's a coincidence that cats in, in as an anagram of scat? Um, <laughs> that took too long. <laughs> no, now I'm thinking about it. So there's I, going I just to think be the easier answer is so, no, it's okay. about cats. <laughs> yeah, it's about cats, <laughs> but it's also poop. Okay, so I mean, like, I don't know. I'm just looking. I'm just thinking things through. But like, I guess I'm trying to think of another movie, of another movie musical that like I have a weird um, take. Um, High School Musical Two is terrible. That's not a weird take. Uh, I think all the High School um, Musicals are trash. Camp Rock Two is terrible, but the first Camp Rock isn't all. You're talking to yourself right now. I mean, I mean. No, I think you're you're on the right track with all those. I do think you have to recognize what High School Musical one and two did on like fifty thousand dollars of budget. That's the thing. They filmed High School Musical two in literally two weeks. Like they had fourteen days at this place, and they had to film an entire movie. The fact that they were both like TV TV station, be it Disney Channel or not, with which probably has plenty of money, but be be that they were. TV movies, you have to look at them in that sort of realm along with other TV right. movies in history. Right, and some of them aren't, and like, like some of those aren't bad. I will tell you that there's this one movie musical for the Disney Channel called Let It Shine. Again, you're talking to yourself. Yeah, I don't know it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me think. What about Wizard of Oz? Um, okay, That's maybe, a movie maybe, musical. Yeah, but it's different because it's, like, old. What's your take on it? Is that your take, that it's old? Cause... I have a fun story about it. So it my fun? mother, growing up, only had a black and white television, like, in her house because the black and white TV never broke, so they never bought a color uh-huh. one. And so she goes to college, and they have, and she's, like, a freshman. They have some movie night where they all bring popcorn and, the, and their blankets and whatever, and they the all end? go to, like, the auditorium. To... Can I guess the what? end? No, I'm going to tell you. Sorry, that was rude. I apologize. Um, (laughs) So then they're all watching the movie and stuff, and they get to the point where it's in color, and my mom screams out to to the entire auditorium, oh my God, it's in color, and everyone starts laughing. Yeah, that was my guess. So you should have let me guess. I figured that. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> it was so obvious where it was going. I just looked up Let It Shine. It was very yeah. obvious. It has the kid from Everybody but, like, Hates it's Chris. Still, it's oh. still funny. Cool. Wait, the kid from Everybody Hates Chris. Has he been in other things, too? The Walking Dead. Is that it? Tyler? Yeah, he was in that. Was he in the, like, yeah. fried, um, no, How to Eat Fried Worms or whatever? How to Eat. Nope. No. What about like uh, unaccompanied minors? One of those like kids movies from the mid two thousands. His brother, his brother is on. Um, yeah, is he was an unaccompanied minor. I told Boom. you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. All right, cough. Off of your terrible mu- movie musical takes. Um, what else you got for us? Yeah. Uh, one more thing. Um, so it seems like. There, and this is all true of all media, that there are no original ideas anymore. And I think, and I want to focus on video games because it feels like lately there have been so many 
remakes or just like new iterations in the series that are trying to like bring the old fans back now that the people who were kids who bought the original games now have money of yeah, their like own. Yeah, like they're remaking Crash Bandicoot, I know, from my ex. They already did. They 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 have a whole trilogy. They're remaking now Spyro the Dragon, right. the Resident Evil games. They just released a new Mega Man game that's kind of that's for that's really a lot of fan service. Sonic Mania. Um new there are two new Pokemon games coming out. Well, that's not uh, later on this year. So and they're actually more based on Pokemon Go, so don't get me started. So do you have this. a but like they keep, or like, or like, and and the thing is, it's every company that seems to be guilty of this. Even like Nintendo is re-releasing um, one of its older Super Mario Brothers games on the Switch coming up, coming out mm-hmm. soon. Or they just they just dropped, they just re-released Luigi's Mansion on 3DS. It's like, I, I I don't know, like I don't know if I like all these remasters and things for a lot of games, especially if I played the original. Like, I guess if I didn't play the original and the remaster is my first entry into the game, like, I don't know if I have that much of an issue with it, but I'm starting to really get sick and tired of all the remasters. So my 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 question is, because there were sort of two different things there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you a little bit on the remasters. The thing about, I think, like Luigi's Mansion is that it's no longer a game that is, like, in circulation, as in they don't make yeah. GameCube games anymore, and that was a GameCube launch title. So... That's you, true. It's possible that that's the first, that's the only way that you can really access that game now for less than $80 if you want to also buy a GameCube because those are also no longer being made. Man, I should sell my GameCube stuff. You should. Yeah. If you have like, if I, so you have, I don't know where, you I Nintendo bought a GameCube for like game. 20 bucks a couple of years yeah. ago and I don't know where it is. Like I lost it at my parents' place and I'm so mad because I wanted to play a bunch of How GameCube How much do you think games. Melee would sell for? Not that much. That game sold. What about Double Dash? Well. Another what about one. About Pac-Man really World well. Two. Actually, that one might sell decently well because people love the Pac-Man, like love the uh, four-player stuff, and I think you can even hook up like a Game Boy Advance to it. That one might. Did you just say people love the four-play? No. Oh, four I heard player. four-play. So, um, Pac-Man World Two for the GameCube is selling. On eBay for eight dollars. How much? What, what movie is this? This is Pac-Man World Two for the GameCube. Oh, um, let's see. Oh, see, I was thinking of Pac-Man Championship what, Edition. What about Super Monkey Ball? I think it was Super Smash Brothers for the GameCube sells at GameStop for fifty dollars. Oh man, really? They sell it for fifty dollars? Yeah, because as as much as these games sell sold well, a lot of them aren't bought. I mean, no one no one trades them in. Yeah, I should trade in my GameCube stuff. That sounds great. On Amazon, one hundred sixty nine ninety nine. Yes. Okay, that's what someone's asking for. That doesn't mean that's what it's actually. Hey, worth. but like, I'll go on as like an independent seller, sell it for like one fifty. People buy mine instead of the original Amazon. Er, from used, the Amazon thing. used in very good condition, one thirty nine ninety seven. Oh, resale for Super Smash Bros. Ooh, when did that get posted? Tell me it was like two days ago, not like five years ago. I don't know how to tell that without taking a lot of time to do so that's fair but gamecube games are what i think what what bugs me a bit is when there's remasters of games okay well i'm seeing super smash brothers melee um oh wait no that's just uh that's just the box apparently you can buy just the box for 22.90 wow i'll separate them and sell them each (laughs) even more (laughs) um very good condition 129.97 
Apparently, brand new is two hundred twenty bucks. Yeah, why would you have it brand new though? That makes no sense. Because you bought two copies, or you bought a copy later on. That would have been know. smart. Like when everyone was doing that with baseball cards, because like the previous generation used them as like you know bicycle spoke things, and then they were worth a lot of money. We should have been saving our uh, Nintendo games and selling them for a fortune now. I very rarely sold video games growing up, so I actually have some games that are worth some like nice money, but I don't want to sell them because I have like memories and nostalgia with them, like like my old Yu-Gi-Oh. W- will that nostalgia just... go away if you sell it? Um, for the right price, probably, but that price isn't what it isn't what the games are Here's worth. Here's what right you now. do: you you make a cardboard replica and then sell the originals, <laughs> and then you can you can have the nostalgia and make money. Some of those games are, like, surprisingly, like, people will really pay a nice amount for them, but who knows? One day, so one Alex, day down you have the a, road, one day. Bigger... But I understand the remasters thing, but I feel like they're, like, okay, like, at what point is it okay to remaster a video game? Or, like, what if you bring back the original, as, like, the original version, essentially, like, how there's Xbox 360 backwards compatibility on the Xbox One, or a PS1 or PS2 Classic on the PS4? What's your question? Like, like, is it better to have, like, a remaster that's, like, redone completely, like, everything's, like, redone so it's, like, in HD, or is it better to have the original for, like, eight bucks to buy digitally? Yeah, I think if you're gonna... It's a, it's a really, really easy way for a company to turn a profit, because all you gotta go really do is go through and, like, update your anti-aliasing and your graphics and your rendering and that sort of thing. Like, for the Call of Duty... Uh, for the Modern Warfare remake, that's pretty much all they did. Um, but they sold it as like a like an add-on to um, what was right. it, Call of Duty World War Two that came out last year. So like that's how a lot of these remasters I think are happening because like I just bought Assassin's Creed Odyssey and they if I bought the premium edition for I think like twenty dollars more I got a remaster of Assassin's Creed Three and Brotherhood yes. I think. I believe, yeah, it was two games in there, which I need to play Assassin's Creed 3 at some point. I've been talking about that for years, and I just have not gotten into it. I have a boycott on the Assassin's Creed series because the controls suck. The controls suck. Like, it's just, like, every time I want to go and, like, climb up a ladder, why is it that I'm, like, jumping against a wall? Because you have no coordination, you missed the ladder. I'm, I hit what's the nice, ladder. I walk in. What's nice about ladder. Assassin's Creed like, though is you don't need a ladder. The, you can just climb right next to the, the ladder. Okay, but like the but the parkour controls suck. They're not as responsive as they. All need you have to, to do be, is hold and down not as, like, A. Consistent as they need. You to have be. to hold down A and and run, and that's all you need. I did that. St- I did that, and it's still like it has me going back and forth and back and forth. I just got so frustrated, and I actually, I think I was game streaming at the time, like on Twitch. So there's an archive somewhere of me getting so frustrated, saying I'm done with Assassin's Creed, and I have not played that series Interesting. since. Interesting. I wonder how your reception was on Twitch for that. I'm sure all three. I imagine everyone was just like, so "Get good, son." Hey, you know, I don't have that type of issue when I'm playing NBA 2K, so I don't understand. I mean, okay. So yeah, in your in, in I don't mind video game franchises like m- making more games on their on their you know on their intellectual property, um, like Resident Evil Seven should ostensibly be awful, but it re-energized that franchise. You know, 
like Mega Man yeah. 11 has been getting very good reviews because it's Mega Man, sure, but it's not a remake of a game. It's Mega Man that people like with more original Mega right. Man material. I think that's actually same with Sonic Mania like that, which is which is fine if you can refine and actually change something up short, sure. but like we're getting we're also getting Resident Evil remastered. Resident Evil 2 remastered. And then all these other ones that are like they're literally remastered is in the title like i like burnout paradise remastered bioshock i think is getting remastered or borderlands one of them is yeah like those type of games and it's like at some point i don't know it just it, it if i've already played the game like um one good example is um heavy rain heavy rain and beyond two souls both which are which come from one of my favorite studios um objectively quantic dream they're these like narrative driven adventures that I really enjoy the stories of, especially Heavy Rain. I, I really did enjoy that that game the first time I played it back in like 2011, and then I think I played it again on PS3, and then I and then I got the remaster on PS4, and played it again there. And it's and then by that point I was just like it, it felt so stale to me because it's not like a remaster does that much to a game to make it worth playing again if you still remember playing it the first think, time. I don't think the Original. remaster was meant for you, Alex. Yeah, like, you're talking about a heavily plot-driven thing. And also, I also don't think that the, re- the remaster was meant for people who had played the original. I think it was meant for people who have a PS4 and never had a PS3 because they were like seven years old and in the six years between the two console generations got old enough to play a game such as Heavy Rain or Resident Evil, and now they have it on an updated system with an updated with updated game mechanics, and yeah. So, for for me, that's just not like if you want to play a game remastered with better graphics, like that's your choice to do. But I don't think you can indict the game for being like, well, it got stale for me because I had bought the same game twice. It's more just to draw attention to a game that a company is very proud of. Or wants to make more money on. I mean, there's always there's always <clears throat> that in the gaming industry. But I think I think y- you are not the person that the re- that the remaster was meant for. Right. Especially a game like Heavy Rain, which is like completely plot driven. Like if they remade like a I don't know like Double Dash, which I still love, but they remade it with like you know better things. I would you bet I'd be buying it. You know, because it'd be fun. I don't think that'd be stale. I think. I don't know. I think you're talking about something that's very specifically a payoff-based thing, too. You're talking about a much a much <sighs> bigger investment, too. Like, if you want to go back and play Heavy Rain on the PS3, but it's not available or backwards compatible for a PS4, you're talking about, like, an $100, $200 investment if that's a game you want to play. To, to erase that... Because PlayStation... Like, Sony doesn't make any money off of the PlayStation 3 anymore. They're all in resale. So yeah. when a PlayStation 3 is bought from GameStop, like refurbished, Sony Sony doesn't see a whole lot of that. So it's best for them to just keep... No, Sony doesn't see that, but, this, but Sony will see because there are still new games being made for the PS3. And, they, and there are still new PlayStation 3 models going into production at some sort of level. They're still... It, it's not, it doesn't count for very much of a percentage, but it's not like the Vita where they don't make any Vitas anymore and they do not even manufacture game carts for it anymore. Like, the only way you can get Vita stuff is through, like, is is used, essentially. 
Well, the PlayStation 3 um, was discontinued in May of 2017, so they're no longer making the PlayStation 3. Oh, Correct. really? Um, huh. So oh. with a game such as Heavy Rain that was a PS3 exclusive, it makes a lot of sense for them to port it over to the PS4 because they were people that were not old enough or they were Xbox gamers back then and they wanted to play Heavy Rain instead of having to buy and they want to, you know, in the next console generation or they want to have both consoles to go over and say, you know, I want to play this game that I missed out on five, six years ago. There's an easy avenue to I it now. I figured out why I'm salty. Hmm? Because, because when we grew up, when we grew up, stuff was backward compatible. The original, the uh, Wii was backward compatible with all GameCube games yeah, those, originally. Those the PS3 originally had a lot of PS2 backward compatibility. Xbox 360 with Xbox. That before, and that was, that was before, free based on the discs that you yeah, had. That was before they realized they could make money. Yeah, but doesn't that seem to, doesn't that kind of burn you the wrong way a little bit? Or like the, uh, or Nintendo DS and DS Lite, you could play uh, Game Boy Advance games no. on. The Game Boy Advance, you could play Game no, Boy Color games on. Game Boy Color, you could play Game Boy games on. 3DS to DS, everything it's like that. It's a money grab like everything else. Like, why do you think there are no original movies anymore? That's why I'm excited about Bad Times at the El Royale. No one, no one, no one's making you buy, no one, no one is making you sell the platform that you could play the games on before, and no one's making you buy the new one. At least there are, like, new video games to enjoy, too. Right. But at least, like, some of these games are, like, getting significant remasters. Like, uh, like the Crash Bandicoot games look totally different because of what PS1 graphics look like and what PS4 graphics look like. That makes sense because that actually, like, is a significant difference in the way the game looks. But, like, like to me, a game like, like Grand Theft Auto V, does Grand Theft Auto V look that significantly different between PS3 and PS4? No, but it... I mean, yeah, it looks nicer, but like it's not like that's when I really have an issue with those remasters because you're it's one console generation. It's not like the game looks that different or runs that different because of the way that the hardware is. But GTA Five added the first person mode for the fourth generation or the this generation of consoles. Like there were yes, there did. were additions made, and also I don't think people like buying a PlayStation Four and then trying to get one of the best games of the last half decade or so on the system that was that they had before it i agree and like i mean that made se- that i did understand that from grand theft auto 5's perspective in the set like because they because it was not this i mean it was essentially the same game with the same stuff and it's like look we're gonna give you these options for it, whether you have ps3 ps4 and stuff and like you didn't ha- and like people didn't have to buy it but like to me, like call, I don't know, calling it remastered does bother me when it's like you give it like slightly better graphics or something like that, um, compared like compared to one console generation. Yeah, I'll say that. I mean, I'll agree with you that there are some that are egregious. Like, do I think that Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare needed a remaster? Probably not. But they added it as like a tag on to a game that they already had. So they said, you know, here's here's Call of Duty World War Two, and we're also for like twenty dollars more, we'll add on a a full game with multiplayer onto that um like the halo master chief collection is Which halo one bad. through three and that makes sense because some of those games came out several console generations ago like where the people who played the original could now have children who are playing the who would play the remastered collection yeah i just don't think i would call i, I don't think rockstar ever 
marketed Grand Theft Auto Five as a remaster of Grand Theft Auto Five. No, it never did, and that was and that I'm and that I don't have and that I'm fine with that. But like I like I don't know. I guess at some point it feels like the line needs to be drawn somewhere because at some point, how many of these new releases, so called, are really new releases? Yeah, I suppose. I think the line is drawn in that you're not going to make the same game twice for the same system. Um, that that line is there, and maybe that line isn't isn't far enough away from one another as as you want it to be. But I think the line is there. I've never seen a remaster made for the actually, same system that's, that it came actually, out on. Actually, I disagree with you because that actually has happened on this generation of consoles. Can uh, continue? What, what what how's that happened? No man's sky. Oh, so you're talking about now fixing a game. That to me is the that to me is a remaster of the of the original game released on the same on the same set of consoles because what they did was they were like, okay, No Man's Sky, then then it got then it got panned because it wasn't what it really what it said it was, and then they were like, "Oh, here's the game that we that we kept talking about." Um and now we're going to release it on Xbox 1 as well and we're going to give a new addition to it. And the general consensus is this new release one has been really good. Yes, but I refuse to buy either version because that so rubbed well, me. Well, certainly wrong way don't the way buy the first that. version. The, the thing, the <laughs> thing, wrong. the thing that <laughs> happened was that game was so panned that it didn't sell. That's Kaufman, true. You you boycott things a lot. I've noticed. You very... I do boycott things like I boycott like I boycott. Um, here I'll give here I'll give you another hill to die on. That I that I'm by myself Please. on. I want all the I, hills. Yeah, every hill. <laughs> so I won't. So I won't support Jimmy Haslam and the Cleveland That's Browns because fine. because he's a crook. Sure. But I also won't won't go to a game at at Cleveland Browns Stadium because he sold the name rights. Okay, your first point was completely acceptable. <laughs> yeah, totally valid. The yeah, name, he is yes. an asshole. The he is a total is crook. Your second point is terrible. Yeah, dude, you like. <laughs> There's a lot of there's okay. a lot of money. Art there are no there are no Art. stadiums in like any professional sport that still maintain yeah, their name. Can, let's count them. Ready? Ready? Let's go. Let's start football. Well, let's start football. Sure. Lambo. Yes. Soldier. Yes. What else? Uh, Art Modell. Um, Art Modell said that he would said that he would have never. Um, sell the naming rights to Cleveland Browns. Yeah, stadium. he fucking sold the team. <laughs> yeah, he just left. Exactly, but if Art Modell, the friggin' devil in that in in the town of Cleveland, wouldn't do it, then why the hell? Dude, would he this sold the team. Your no... argument's like, oh, he wouldn't sell the naming rights. Okay, he sold the team. That's like saying, yeah, like, that's a bad hill to die. Yeah, that's like you know, I refuse to like, you know, this this murderer said he wouldn't jaywalk. It's like so the fact that this other guy's jaywalking is bad. Like what? What? I'm so confused by this take. There's also an, just, this odd this odd idea that I think you've presented that literally only the owner benefits from you going to the going to football <laughs> games. It literally just all goes into Jimmy Haslam's pocket. This whole this whole like hundred maybe thousand person operation is all just it all just get. Jimmy Haslam's just raking in the profits being an NFL owner. That's not the case at all. A lot of teams lose money. <laughs> yeah. I, most teams do. No, he's no, no. You can write the it NFL, off as tax. They're all making money. Tax, de- 
deductions. My dad and I were talking about this yesterday. But, uh, yeah, they sold the team naming rights. The, the, the naming rights to the stadium. So what? That was the Indians the, did that. That was six years ago, yeah. seven years ago. Are you, are, are you boycotting the Indians? No, because the because the Indians one aren't owned by a crook. Sure. And two, and two, like Jacobs Field technically was naming rights being sold. Yeah, to the owner. The owner because that wasn't that was part of the agreement when the team when the team changed ownership was that Jacobs Field was actually the name that they paid for. It wasn't like a name for the stadium, you know. Okay, so when they sold the team, then they changed. Then then it was. At, at that point, um, and then it was at that point them selling the team naming rights. No, well, when they sold the team, they they got naming rights for Jacobs right, Field. Right, right. That's why, and so the naming rights were still bought for the new stadium. But okay, but but I don't understand. Which is why it just changed names in two thousand eight. <sighs> but like, it's been a decade of progressive yeah. field. How weird is that? Yep, my dad refuses to not call it a regressive field. There are so many worse names. It took There's me a while. So it took me a while to first like, energy to stadium fully digest, is kind of um, like as good as it might get in terms of naming a stadium after a company. The only better one's Great American Ballpark. Yes, one hundred percent. That's that's pretty superb. good. But it doesn't get much better than first. Where'd you energy. say was number one? Or progressive. Yeah, progressive's a good name. That's better than guaranteed rate. Friggin' a friggin' an arrow going yeah, down. Yeah, guaranteed rate is maybe the worst name. Yeah, Citizens Bank Park. That doesn't yeah. roll off the tongue That's terrible. Real well. AT&T Park? Yeah. Doesn't roll off the remember tongue. Remember when... when we're talking about like some of the best out. parks in baseball. <laughs> remember when uh, the Oakland Coliseum used to be called the O.Co. Coliseum? I do remember that. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Chase Dude, Field for, used to be Bank One Ballpark. Nice. They were like, don't even need to type in Overstock, because typing in all those letters is too many. Yeah, exactly. you got to go to O.Co. Okay, it took me a long time to digest Gundarina's naming rights being sold to Quicken Loans, but that was also different to me because that was the o- that's the owner's Quicken Loans Arena is a trash bill. name though. They're lucky that the Q it is, is the, the name. Q though is the Q is a smart branding thing though. Calling it yeah, that. the Q's pretty good. Gundarina was a good name. Yeah, yeah. So there's Lambo, there's Soldier. Are there any more in the NFL? What else is there? I mean, technically, it's not called the Meadowlands. No, it's MetLife Stadium. Um, right. I'm looking. I'm yeah. looking now to Arrowhead. see. Arrowhead. Arrowhead. Um, that's a good one. Hey, that Kansas City complex is really Paul cool. Brown Which Stadium. One? Paul Brown. Paul Brown Stadium. Another good one. Uh, Raymond James. Raymond James. Who's that? I forget. That's uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Well, that who cares? Is it? Um. Wow. The Rams technically. Well, the El- does the L.A. Memorial Coliseum count as? What the Rams used to play for a hot sack? No. no, it's current. We care about okay. current. Actually, the actually apparently the Coliseum actually sold its naming rights, uh, effective next August. Hmm. Yeah, the six there are six exceptions: Arrowhead Stadium, Broncos Stadium, oh, Bronco. Mile High, Lambeau Mile High. Field, Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. Hmm. Which wait, which Paul was Brown the last one? Paul Brown and Soldier. Uh, the Coliseum in Oakland. Oh, yeah, because that one's not Odaco anymore. Um, right, which is, and then in baseball you got Fenway, Yankee, Wrigley. And Wrigley was the name of the owner back in the day, or, or the name of his company. Uh, Bush technically, technically Bush Stadium is named after an owner, a former uh, owner. Uh, sure, but it's it's not. 
No, it is. It is. I, I, it is. I've, I learned this story from watching Olbermann years ago. Um, so what happened was that the Bush family bought the, like, bought the team. They wanted to move out of whatever it was, the Veterans Memorial Coliseum in St. Louis, I think it mm-hmm. was. Um, and they wanted to move to a new mm-hmm. one. And so they and so they're like, well, we're going to call it because they own Anheuser, they own uh, Anheuser Busch. They're like, oh, we'll call it Budweiser Stadium. But at the time, the commissioner said, no, it has to be named after like the city or something or the owners. Mm-hmm. So he goes and he calls up his marketing guys and he said, if we're going to launch a new beer next year called Bush Beer. And that's what the stadium's going to be named. And so that's how we have Bush Beer and Bush Stadium. Okay, that's fair. But also that's a, that's a different stadium than the Bush Stadium that exists now. The Bush, um, the Bush Stadium's named yes, after yes. the company. Um, there are ten MLB stadiums that do not have naming corporate naming rights. Deals. Okay, let's try and name them: Fenway, Yankee, Wrigley. Okay, that's um, three. Marlins Park. Correct. Um, Turner. No, Turner's done. Yeah, Turner doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Rogers Center. It's cut. It's a. It's what is that? That one's SunTrust. Um, no, Rogers is okay, a company. Okay, that makes sense. Ours is a big cable company. Okay. Uh, there are really ten. Yes, there are ten, and the thing is, you one of them's also a football stadium. Kaufman. Oh, the 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 Oakland. Yeah, the Coliseum. Okay, Kaufman. Kaufman. Oh yeah, Kaufman. You did say Kaufman Stadium is another one. That's six. Um. Uh okay we got let's go AL East um we you said Yankees Red Sox where do the Nationals play the Nationals There's play at um, one more in the AL East yep Nationals Park Nationals is Park seven. good call There's it used one to be RFK in... was what <coughs> right used to well no didn't, no RFK is a different stadium right didn't they move? yeah they you they used to play RFK the ballpark in yeah Arlington. now they're at Nationals Park yeah, that's Globe Life Stadium seven. There's one AL East team one AL West team and one NL West team okay well AL East we got Yankees Angels, Red Sox Angels play. Angel Stadium, good call. Dodger Stadium. Yep, Dodgers. That's, that's nice. Nine. And then uh, and the AL one. East, we got Tropicana. Camden. Camden, nice. Killing it. Yep, Oriole Park at Camden. Yards. Oriole Park. Okay, so baseball is the best sport, um, clearly. So, Alex, I have a question. I have a question. Which, which that's supposedly going to open. Which bothers in twenty twenty three will then leave will then lower that down to who wait, which stadium? Say that again. Oakland. Oh, really? That may lower that, depending on if they sell anything. But I don't know. Apparently, looking at this, apparently Tampa's supposed to get a new stadium in 2023, and then I didn't yeah. realize that um that globe that there's going to be a new globe yep. life field for um the Rangers. They better in make it with a retractable roof, because like I don't want to see it any does more have a retractable 107 roof. degree games. Um, Oakland will Oakland will have or will have an open roof, and then Tampa will apparently be Good. fixed. But those two are proposed. The only one that's actually going to, that's actually like under construction is Globe Life yeah. Field, which is retractable. Alex, which bothers you more? The Haslam's changing the Cleveland Brown Stadium to First Energy or the FBI and the uh, $92 million penalty for fraud? It's about 60 40. So for which way? <laughs> I mean, it, the, the bigger issue is that he is that. I think Jimmy Haslam should be in jail right now. Okay, yeah. Personally, I think he should be behind. I think well, I think he should be in, in jail and or he prison. Changed, right he changed now. the name of the stadium four months before the FBI investigation started. So I was just curious where your uh, where your personal boycotts be, uh, if, if where where it began. 
it began with the stadium name, but then, then it was when just it turned out Jimmy Haslam was a that. bad person. <laughs> yeah, well, you're offended that the owners did like the thing that every owner does to try and make more money and like improve the stadium. What a like, what a crime! And like did a pretty good job doing it. Yeah, in, like all things considered, like we well, could be no, we TIAA didn't. Bank you, you do know that First Bank Energy Stadium. Stadium is wrapped in the same in like the same like could catch fire at any time. Wrapped. Wait, what? As that like big. You don't you don't know about this like uh Cleveland Brown Stadium is wrapped in this stuff that could catch fire at any time. Like it's this wrapping that was like famous on this like uh um it's like an, on like a London apartment building um that caught fire. Okay. Um yeah, it was some like it was uh your house could catch on yeah, fire at any time. Tw- it was a 24-story building. It was a 24-story building killed at least 12 um Injured seventy eight in some in what? some like green and some like it was this Grenfell Tower. It I, I in, remember like, 20, I remember um, the the London fire. I, I remember that. Um, but yeah. but I'm asking like, can't most structures be burned down? Like that's a thing that can happen. Yeah, but the thing is, there were these panels that like specific panels that were not really safe that were wrapped in this stuff, and the Browns First Energy Stadium is one of those. Um. So. The um the, in the U.S. that's wrapped in the this. person who uh looked 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 over the um renovations to First Energy Stadium said quote there is zero risk to the fans and I can say that with utter confidence end quote he said he explained that the panels installed at First Energy Stadium use a different system than what was used in London at the Grenfell Tower in London the panels were installed on top of a polypropylene insulation obviously cough. Vanover said that polypropylene is extremely panels, flammable. Though. The aluminum panels installed at First Energy Stadium in a half dozen different areas may, in fact, be the same as the ones at Grenfell, but in Cleveland they are mounted onto a non-combustible set of metal grids. There you go. Is the boycott oh, over good. now? That, that makes me feel slightly better. Go watch the Browns. They're fun. They are fun. I watch the Browns. I just don't watch them. I just won't go to a game. Ticket prices are too high. I have enough issues with it that my stupid issues... Are, or like can be ignored, and still I have enough reasons. Alex, I went to a Browns game last year for thirteen United States dollars. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> that was last year. This year's team has won multiple games already thing and for tied five another. Years. And and also like teams take a while to like gain their trust again. Like Indian stadiums didn't get expensive until or Indian tickets didn't get expensive until like this year. Fair, so fair. I, I don't think um, the city of Cleveland way, is ready to the, uh, call the Browns of, team. What? Since we looked at NFL and MLB stadiums, how many uh, NBA arenas are not named after a corporate I sponsor? can't name. I'm going to say two. Just one. Can you name it? Madison Square Garden. Bingo. Killing it. How come I couldn't name, like, all of the baseball stadiums, which I'm supposedly, like, really knowledgeable about like for whatever reason the most famous nba arena (laughs) yeah that's true the good point i wasn't overthinking like i like i could just like make up names and like you would have and you would probably be like oh yeah that sounds like a real yeah isn't there like aren't there multiple american airlines places like one's american airlines arena american airlines arena in miami and the american airlines center in dallas that is so dumb um well think about this there is there are some there used to be the Fe- there used to be FedEx Arena and then the FedEx Forum. Yes, that is the same concept that I am currently calling dumb with American Airlines. Yes, yeah, th- but there's also uh, the Golden One Center. Whose Golden One is that? Sacramento. Sacramento. What? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Sacramento. Oh, the Kings, of course. Um, I'm an idiot. <laughs> what? Sacramento has a basketball team? Well, I presume. Smoothie yeah. Kings Center. What's that? The Rivercats? <laughs> the, there's the Smoothie Kings Center yep. in New Orleans. That's the best one. <laughs> I love a smoothie. Never been to Smoothie King. Smoothie now, King Center. You have to tell me. I've I've never been to Smoothie King. Now, which of, now which of these ones do you think is worse? Vivint Smart Home Arena or Talking Stick Resort Arena? Oh, those are both awful. I cannot tell you which I'm one's gonna worse. I'm going to say the first one is worse because I kind of like Talking Stick Resort. Oh, no. That is horrible. <laughs> it's goofy enough, but I love it. Talking Stick Resort? Yep. Who wants to go to a resort named Talking also Stick? A new like Fiserv Look, I don't is even the, is the newest resort. Talking Stick Resort is a terrible name. And then they named another thing after it. <laughs> it's like the papajohns.com bowl. <laughs> yes, yes it is. <laughs> it's not Papa John's. It's papajohns.com. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> That was pretty bad. Oh man, there have been some weird. There have been some weird bowl names. Yes, that is true. We're not gonna get into that. We do not have time. Yeah, don't you have to go at four? Are you running low on time? Oh yeah, I do have to. I do have to get going. I do have to get going. All right, young Daddy K. Some but parting words. Do, this I is your mean... first episode on Welcome Distractions, so thank you for joining us. Um, if you couldn't tell, listener, Alex had it gave us no indication of what we were going to talk about today. Yeah, <laughs> none at all. We'll try and keep this a bit more, a bit less taciturn as yes. we continue. Uh, otherwise, there's no way we would have talked about airports for 30 minutes. <laughs> no. oh, come on, like that was the best bowl, part like of the podcast. Like Don't thing. even give me that. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Top 5 Airports. <laughs> we are now an, we're now an airport analysis podcast. Yeah, exactly right. Anyway, um, thanks for hosting again, Kaufman. Uh, Until next time, uh, stay distracted. Hope we don't get too focused during this week.